Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the We Still Need Poll Workers edition. This week, we're explaining what a new poll might mean for supporters of issue one, what kind of restrictions Republicans want for drag shows, why Attorney General Dave Yost is talking about medical records, and how Frank LaRose finally made it official. Joining me in studio this week is reporter Haley B. Miller. Happy Friday. So our first topic is the worst kept secret in Ohio politics. After months of speculation and not so subtle tweets, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose made his run for the U.S. Senate official. LaRose announced Monday morning that he's sinking the Republican nomination this spring to challenge Democratic U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown in 2024. And Haley, you've been covering this race. Why don't you kind of walk us through what this means? So now, as far as we can tell, the GOP field for the 2024 primary is set. LaRose will be running against Cleveland businessman Bernie Moreno and State Senator Matt Dolan, both of whom ran in the 22 primary last year that uh, now Senator J.D. Vance ended up winning. The race is probably going to start heating up and actually really already has started heating up a little bit since LaRose got in this week. Um, But expect to see this really ramp up after the August election. Right now, it's too soon to say really how Republican voters are feeling about this race. It seems like LaRose does have a little bit of an edge right now because he has statewide name ID, which the other two really do not, even though they ran in last year's primary. I don't know if it's going to be quite as spirited as the 22 primary where two (laughs) candidates literally almost fist fought each other, but... um, One can dream. No, maybe not. (laughs) I do think this one is going to be pretty interesting. And, you know, if you're Senator Sherrod Brown, you want this to be as messy as possible. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So you don't think we're going to see anybody else? Like uh, Mike Gibbons, I think, was like, was he still thinking about it? Um... Any chance we see more people get in the race? Uh, Trump endorsement? Uh. I don't think we'll see any serious candidates get in the race beyond what we have now. Um, you mentioned Mike Gibbons. I think he's actually pretty focused on primary state lawmakers uh, next year, um, stemming from the dramatic House Speaker vote. Um, whether we see a Trump endorsement, um, also too soon to say, I've heard that he's being a little bit more conservative with endorsements because he also is on the ballot next year. But we know that if an endorsement does come, it's likely going to be uh, for Bernie Moreno. He's already spoken favorably in public about Moreno and Moreno's campaign. And Moreno's son-in-law, uh, Congressman Max Miller, also used to work for Trump in the White House. So a lot of connections there. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But first, we have an August special election, and that is our second topic. Ohioans are being asked whether they want to make it harder to change the state's constitution. And according to a poll out this week, a majority of voters don't. 57% of respondents want to stick to the current rules. 17% were undecided, and just 26% said they plan to vote yes. So... In any other year, I would say this is very bad news for issue one, but it's a special election, it's summer, it's the only thing on the ballot. I don't know, what do you take away? Yeah, it's really hard to predict this race in any fashion because it's so unprecedented in a lot of ways. You know, I think the polling kind of reflects what you can see visually right now out in the world. I mean, a lot of places you see more vote no signs than vote yes signs. You know, I live in Columbus, so I naturally see 
more about no signs anyway, but I know you've mentioned that up in Delaware County, you aren't seeing too many vote yes signs either. So, like, anecdotally, I think in some ways it lines up, but, you know, both groups are still working hard to educate voters and try to get them out to the polls either early or on election day. It's all about turnout. (laughs) Right. The one interesting thing about this poll to me is that you know, the opposition kind of spans all demographics, you know, in terms of like race, age, location. Um, There were a fair number of Republicans and Trump supporters who said that they were against issue one. So, you know, that sort of underscores a point that the opponents of issue one have made from the beginning, which is that, you know, this is not just about Republicans or Democrats. This is about voters. And the other little tea leaf out there this week is turnout. In some of Ohio's biggest counties, early voting is up way more than we expected. There's actually been some long lines to vote. Now, some of that might be that lack of poll workers. And, you know, a lot of counties are still looking. So if you're listening and maybe you have some free time, you should see about uh, being a poll worker. But, you know, I was looking Cuyahoga County at anecdotally is kind of indicating that early voting may rival early voting for 2022, which is just like not at all what I was expecting. Same. And that's what Franklin County has told me too. I mean, and even some of the other central Ohio counties um, have told the dispatch that they're seeing more people than they usually do too. So it's interesting. I think the question for election officials right now is if this trend is going to stick if this kind of level of turnout is going to be steady or if everyone who was really excited about issue one got out the first week of early voting and now everyone's done. Our third topic is drag queens. House Republicans introduced a bill this week that would restrict where drag queens could perform. House Bill 245 would reclassify drag performers as adult cabaret. That's the designation Ohio law gives to strippers and topless dancers. And what this would mean in practice is that local law enforcement, local prosecutors would have to decide whether a drag performance was inappropriate for children. And if it was, performers could be facing things like misdemeanors or potentially even felonies. And the caveat with the felonies, if I remember right, is that it's a felony if the performance is deemed obscene. And there's a lot of gray area, it seems like, on what obscene will actually look like in practice. It seems like it's going to be left to the discretion of local law enforcement and prosecutors. And, you know, one person's definition of obscene could be completely different than another person's. So I think that could uh, make enforcement of this checkered at best. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I spoke to the bill sponsor, Josh Williams, he said he wanted to be more narrowly tailored. He was sort of explicit that a drag queen story hour, which is something that has become increasingly controversial in the last couple of years, if it, he the way he put it, if it was just someone in a dress reading a story that that wouldn't qualify as inappropriate for children. It's actually called harmful to juveniles. That's the standard in state law or, or obscene, but that he believes that some of these events where children are present Um, have inappropriate actions. But, you know, there is a lot of debate. When I was doing that story about the rise in violence at drag events, um, there's a real deep debate about whether dance performances, particularly if a performer is a gymnast or more acrobatic, if that's inappropriate or not. And it's it gets gray. And I do think this is something that probably ultimately, if it passes, will be litigated. Yeah, Tennessee passed a similar law, and it went all the way to the state Supreme Court, and they said it was unconstitutional. So, you know, we'll see what happens in Ohio, if this even, you know, gets through the House and or the Senate. 
I'm not sure where this lands on the priority list for Senate Republicans and not totally sure how Governor DeWine would feel about it. Our fourth and final topic is your medical records. Ohio's attorney general is pushing back on a Biden administration plan to shield medical records of people who cross state lines for abortions using federal health privacy laws. So Dave Yost and 17 other Republican attorneys general, I always hate saying that, attorneys general, it feels weird. Um, But they all wrote a letter to the Department of Health and Human Services where they argued that adding abortion procedures into HIPAA, which is that Uh, medical privacy law could get in the way of sexual assault prosecutions. Basically that when police in Ohio maybe are investigating the rape of an Ohio woman in another state and they're asking for certain records, maybe they're trying to pursue like an interstate case or something. But the Biden administration says that the new rule will strengthen patient provider confidentiality and that it's actually being used to prevent the prosecution of individuals and healthcare providers who assist with or perform legal reproductive health care. And, you know, Yost did tie this back a lot to the issue of rape kits and sexual assault investigations, but the actual letter from the attorneys general really focuses heavily on abortion, and it also mentions... Um, an issue that we're seeing come up increasingly in Ohio and other states of what kind of medical care that uh, transgender minors should be able to access. That was brought up in the letter as well. So, you know, while Yost's office is saying it might be about this one thing, the overall onus of the letter, it seems like, was to push back to the implications this would have on things like abortion. And one more thing before you go. We profiled House Minority Leader Allison Russo this week. She's arguably one of the Democrats' rising stars here in Ohio. And since we're an increasingly red state, we asked the question, where do people like Russo go? I think it's a good story. Um, Really interesting take on what it means to be a Democrat in Ohio right now. And as we're looking to 2024 and, you know, Senator Sherrod Brown's hardest race yet, probably, you know, it raises the question of what kind of edge Democrats have whenever Brown is no longer in office. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered this week, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like portclintonnewsherald.com. 